everything compounds, not just your monetary returns, your habits compound, right? No, uh, every can of soda you, you drink a day, it compounds and you're going to be probably be overweight in the next few years, right? Yeah. The habits that you do today, however small, one, one half a cigarette, one cigarette, it's going to compound in years. So everything compounds. So whatever, I think that's the saying, right? That, you know, whatever success that's being achieved is based on all the small habits compounded over time. So that's one of the key things that I think my kids should know that, you know, whatever action that they do today, in the short term, it will not have much effect. But when you compound it in the long term, that's where you see things that happen that you might like or not like. So that's very important. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Paul Turn. In the day, I work a pretty normal job as a doctor in Singapore. But in my spare time, I interview successful people, mainly in Asia, with interesting career paths, hobbies, or side projects. I trace their stories right back to their humble beginnings, and I ask, what do these unconventional journeys teach us? And can we similarly be more imaginative in what we do? Welcome to the Alternative CV Podcast. Hey listeners, welcome back to the Alternative CV Podcast. In today's episode, I carry on my conversation with Rainer Teo. Rainer Teo is the founder of TradingWithRainer.com. He's an independent trader, which means that he trades his own money, and he's also the most followed trader in Singapore. He started off in proprietary trading, and then subsequently decided that this 9-to-5 job wasn't for him, so he struck out on his own to be an independent trader. If you want to find out more about this story about how he left, and whether or not tra- independent trading is for you, then definitely check out part 1, which you can find at alternativecv.fm or on Apple, Google, or Spotify podcasts. Rainer shares his knowledge of trading through his YouTube videos, his podcast episodes, and his mentoring sessions. You should definitely check out his YouTube channel, which you can find by looking for Trading with Rainer on YouTube. It's got over 250,000 subscribers. And you can also find his blogs at tradingwithrainer.com. His blogs attract about 100,000 readers a month. So Rainer really is one of the experts out there. Today, we talk about the different kinds of trading strategies. Uh, so we give a simple introduction into things like price action trading, momentum trading, and value trading. Apart from that, we also cover how Rainer has supplemented his income by building up the Trading with Rainer business, in which he gives away so much value by teaching people how to trade. So lots of things that we've covered, and I hope you find this episode interesting, enjoyable, and educational. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Rainer Teo. Let's go back to uh, around the time when you left to, to do your own proprietary trading. Could you describe that time, that, that year which you set aside? Like, Was it a nerve-wracking time for you uh, where you felt like you needed to prove yourself or do you find it like freeing? Like, What was going through your mind at that point in time? I wouldn't really say it's nerve-wracking because back then my, my mom and dad, they are still working. They don't really need money from me. I'm single and uh, you know, I could just survive on like $500 a month. That, that's enough, right? So if I have a savings of 6K, that's, that's a full year of, a, of a not worrying whether you know I make money or not. So yeah, it wasn't really nerve-wracking for me at all. It's something that I was pretty much you know comfortable with going into knowing what the, the risk were. Yeah, and back then also I had some uh, external funds or other people uh, so-called investing in me into the into my account right so the account size was a uh, was a uh, large enough whereby if i make just a certain percentage return right that amount is enough to you know feed me again for the next months or even years yeah i see okay and uh, do your parents push back against you leaving your job 
Uh, which job is it a prop trading job yes no not really they were pretty much supportive from day one then they, they knew about your plans to like escape the 95 in a way and yes yes that's right I mean the no uh, what do you call it no never try never know yeah that's kind of like the motto that <laughs> I have yeah I see um, and so when, when you left did you you, you weren't you weren't you, it sounds as though you weren't really nervous at all then nope I wasn't but I believe at that point in time I actually I'm not sure if my boss will listen to the podcast this one but I told him that at that point in time I was actually leaving to help my dad uh, with this job so it's kind of like excuse to why I'm leaving the firm yeah but the truth is just that you know I didn't want to be sitting down 10-12 hours a day yeah so but I mean since it's many years ago so <laughs> yeah. the, this is the truth <laughs> yeah okay um, for, for those of you who are thinking about kind of leaving to to do their own, uh, to, to become a full-time trader, apart from, say, setting aside 12 months of, of, of money um, as, living expen- as, as living expenses, right? Is there any other, other advice that you give to them? Uh, I would say don't do it. Because <laughs> there are, other, there are be- better ways to make money from the markets besides a, a full-time trading. I know, you know, the, the, the freedom it brings, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a good feeling, yeah, but, I would say there are other avenues to to look into, right, besides full-time trading. And the reason being is that full-time trading there's, is capital intensive, right? And it requires a lot of experience and skill set to, to really, you know, succeed at it, right? So a better approach is that, you know, keep your full-time job, trade part-time, right? But, you know, strive to make like, you know, 10, 15% a year, use your full-time income, right, to fund your account, compound it over time, right? And who knows, right? After 10, 20 years, you might find yourself where you want to be, right? Had you been involved in full-time trading but you weren't interested in doing this part-time trading thing at all sorry personally you were, were you, in, you, you so i was I, doing full-time trading with a uh, prop trading but after which i rather like right now i rather do it part-time trading of the higher time frame you I don't see. require much time and just you know let the account compound and grow yeah because okay. if you look at the i think there was once there's this person on twitter you mentioned that if you look at the top 20 or top 100 forbes richest people in the world none of them are day traders they're all like you know fund managers trading off the higher time frame and that's that's uh it's something to to take into account yeah mm-hmm. you mentioned that it's capital intensive uh, realistically how much capital do you need in order for you to think okay i'm good to start out myself and what kind of and, and kind of the other half of the story is what kind of returns do you need to be making on that what, what what is realistic so capital it, it really depends if like for example forex you can start with as little as 500 dollars because it allows you to trade like nano lots i mean it's like really really small size yeah but if you trade stocks you trade, you know, uh, futures, then $500 is clearly not enough. So it really depends on the markets you are trading. Yeah. I, I mean, like, if you want to be like a full-time trader to support yourself. Okay, so I, I would say the capital first and foremost is, uh, the more it really depends on how how good you are, how many, on average, how many percent you can make a year. So only you, the trader, would know best. So let's say, again, you can go with a 20% or 30%, 40%, whatever. You know what is your yearly expected average percentage returns from then on you can just do the math and calculate what's the account size you need right to kind of sustain your own living expenses so for example 300k 20 percent that was about 60k that we discussed earlier so if 60k is enough for you then you probably know that you've got to make an average of 20 percent a year with a 300k account capital now would you say 20 percent is realistic uh again it, it depends right it depends on your your trading approach right if you trade off let's say the higher time frame uh, 20%. Well, again, 
there's no risk without reward in trading. So yeah, I mean, anybody can make 20% a year, but at what cost, right? At what uh, drawdown do you expect? So what do I mean by drawdown is that your trading account will go underwater at, at any point in time. For example, let's say you have a 100K account, the account dips to 60K, that's a drawdown of 40%. So the more risk you take, right, the higher your drawdown will be. So maybe you can do 50% a year, but your drawdown could be, let's say 50 or 60% as well. So are you able to stomach that? So yeah, anybody can make X percent return a year, but when the drawdown comes, right, that's something that a trader has to ask himself, whether is he able to accept that? Yeah. I see. So I can't say, you know, what's the the the, 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 the minimum drawdown that, I mean, what's the maximum drawdown you should expect or what's the target returns that you, you should, you know, aim to achieve because it's all relative to the trader. Okay. Um, can we kind of change direction and talk about trading strategies for a bit? Yeah, sure. So this might be like just slightly more technical, but once again, we'll always like try to give as much context as possible so that people will understand what we're talking about. Um, one of the things which you t- always talk about is trading strategy. Can you explain in like simple English what trading strategy means? Okay, so when you trade the markets, there are there are many ways to do it. Right? You can look to buy when a stock breaks out higher. You can look to buy when a stock makes a, a pullback. So a strategy is basically a set of rules that tells you what to do right if specific market conditions happen for example let's say a stock makes a 52 week high that can be a strategy you buy when a stock makes a 52 week high and if let's say the price drops 20% from the highs you exit the trade right but if it doesn't drop 20% from the highs let's say it goes up higher right then you can trail your stop loss using a 20% trailing stop loss. So if your 52-week high, let's say it's $100, it moves up to $200. So 20% of $200 is about $40. So this means, right, your trailing stop loss is now $160, which is $200 minus $40. And the $40 you've gotten from 20% of $200. Hmm. So that can be a strategy in itself that you're, you know, buying uh, strength in the markets right, when there is momentum and seeing how far the market could move in your favor. So that's one example of a strategy, buying strength. Yeah. Mm. And how and personally, how do you decide on your trading strategy? Uh, firstly, you, you I, I go with something that is proven to work. So again, I study the uh, books, Grits, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, there's this thing called uh, academic research papers. I think the medicine field is probably something that's that's very common there. SSRN, uh, uh-huh, something yeah. that all the academic research papers is down there. So that's where I like to dig up and find out uh, uh, what are some of the materials that has been put out there, tested, and is seems to be working, I will then use that and, you know, sort of develop my own strategies from there. Okay. Yeah. But primarily in the financial markets, right, what tends to, what has been working till this day is basically momentum, value, and uh, mean reversion. These are kind of like the few things that that has been working for, for decades and still working up to today. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's explain those a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. So momentum, right? So, uh, what momentum does is so most of you are probably familiar with the term you know buy low sell high like, you know, yeah, yeah yeah but in the markets right it's proven to be even more profitable if you buy high and sell higher so how do you do that so for example buy low sell high might be you buy at $10 at a low price and you maybe hope to sell at 20 or $30 but buy high sell higher is like you might be buying at $50 and maybe selling at 70 or $80 so when you buy high and sell high you're basically having momentum at your back right there is strength that's why you're buying when there is a strength present Whereas if you look to buy low, sell high, you're buying when there is weakness. So it's kind of like counterintuitive down there. Yeah, but so that's so that's one thing about the financial markets. It's it's for stock at least, right? It's better to buy high and sell higher. Yeah. And for value. Okay, value is where I think the the value investors come to play, right? They're buying stock, right? Which are below their intrinsic value, where the stock price is below the intrinsic value. I guess what's tricky down here is how do you actually define the intrinsic value? How do you define whether 
it's worth buying right now and whether do you even calculate your intrinsic value correctly i mean if you get it wrong right then then clearly you know that that pretty much you know is irrelevant right if you can't even calculate what's the intrinsic value so i think one book that i read is quite good it's called uh gosh i can't remember what's the name right but uh, it's it's a very good book that it goes into quantitative investing, right? I believe the the metric right that was very important to quantitative investing is enterprise value, right? That particular metric, right? What they do is they run a back test across the stock markets and they find that stocks, right, with the uh, uh, I think it's a, the lowest enterprise value, right, tends to outperform the market in the long run. So basically those are value stocks, right? So they, how they define value is using the term enterprise value. And that's a very quantitative way to define intrinsic value of value yeah so that's that's basically what value investing is all about and mean reversion trading is uh so in the long run stock markets it tends to to go up over time so mean reversion trading you're you're looking to buy the dip in the long-term uptrend in the stock market so for example the stock makes a pullback to maybe the 20-day low 30-day low you're looking to buy on the pullback in anticipation that the uptrend will continue and you know you can sell right when the next uh, rally comes comes in your favor in your i way. see so kind of like when when it's made a when it's like gone on on up up and up for a long time you it's going to come back down yeah so when it comes down you try down. to buy and hopefully you can catch the next swing up higher that's what mean reversion is about yeah i see right okay so uh, it, it strikes me that you take a very kind of first principles approach to trading because you you just listening to your videos it sounds as though like you really try to understand what the markets are doing rather than just you know Oh, you know this. This person said buy this and I sell this, and then just apply this one size fits all trading strategy. So, kind of on that note, can you explain what price action means? All right. So, so price action is going to get a bit technical here, but it's basically looking at the the markets, right, and understanding where trading opportunities exist, right, by looking, you know, at where potential buying pressure could come in, where selling pressure could come in. So the market. From a technical analyst standpoint, right, the market moves in stages, right? So we have the accumulation stage, the advancing stage, the distribution stage, and the declining stage. So kind of like, you know, uptrend, downtrend, and range market. So for a price action trader, we want to kind of understand, right, which market condition a particular stock is in or which, particular, which, which market condition a particular currency pair is in. So once we can kind of like map it to the right market condition, then we can, you know, take a... Uh, an approach right to decide whether should we be buying or should we be selling so the easiest example is let's say a stock is in an uptrend right so for a technical trader we want to be buying dips in an uptrend we want to be buying breakouts in an uptrend because the stock has shown you that it tends it has been going up over time and we would expect the stock to continue going up yeah okay so it's yeah i see so so what kind of phase is the is a stock going in so whether whether it's going it is on the whole going up on the whole going down on the whole just like bouncing in between. yes that's the, the lay momentum right basically asking yourself what is the stock currently doing right now is it in a, in a range is it going up or is it going down so once you can define what's the current situation then you might use the appropriate strategy to trade that yeah. situation alright yeah then there's certain, yeah, then certain moves that you make as to that okay I got it right and um, okay so switching switch track a little bit more uh, something which you always do as well is that you recommend this this strategy called like a duh strategy right so so that's that's uh, define your trade um, 
develop a trading plan, execute your trades consistently, then to record your trades and then after that to review it subsequently. And I think essentially what you're trying to get at here is that you need to be very consistent with what with what you do, right? Like like you, you mentioned, we've been talking about trading strategies and there are literally so many different things you can do, but you need to apply the same ideas and you said actually over like almost a like hundred trades, record what happens and then you can make a decision as to whether that works for you or it doesn't. That's right. So that's a kind of like DER formula, the DER framework if you want to call it. So it's basically, it doesn't matter what strategy you're using, right? But if you follow those four steps, right? Number one, to develop your trading plan. Number two, execute your trades. Number three, record your trades. And number four, review, right? You will eventually find something that works or not, right? You may not make money at all, but at least you know what is not working and then how you can actually, you know, fine tune and tweak it to make it work for you. So that's kind of like a framework that I strongly suggest, you know, traders uh, adopt, right? So this way they can actually look back and see what they have done wrong or right and improve on things. But just kind of anecdotally, like a lot of people who I know who trade, say, stocks, especially if they're part-time, they, it's kind of ad hoc as to when they do things and, and, um, and there's not really that kind of discipline to record things, and even when when we say, oh, you should be more, you should discipline, you should discipline, be disciplined in, in recording, um, or oh, you know, bought this price and sold at that price and, and applied this trading strategy, a hundred trades is like far too many for them to, to to want to replicate this over and over again in order to prove a certain hypothesis. So, what would your response be to kind of those? Yeah, that, that's why I said, you know, trading is not meant for most people because it's really a tough endeavor and it requires discipline and requires you to really give it your all. If you just want to do it for fun, it's a hobby, really, you know, look for something else, not not trading, yeah. Yeah. That's my take. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think I think that's something which I can I can see more and more now that you you really have to take it seriously and to be, be prepared to, you know, even methodically like execute all these things and to chart your results and be almost scientific about that. That's right. There's, there's, there's a price to pay and I would say trading, that's the price that anyone has to pay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, you focus on trading currencies. Is there, is there a reason why you decide? Uh, well, as of right now, I don't just trade currencies. I trade ETFs and stocks as well. But the reason why I got into currency was because of the low barrier to entry as uh, mentioned back then. You know, it can start like as low as $500. But today, right now, I trade more than just currencies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for part-time traders and say say if we take two groups right part-time traders and full-time traders what kind of asset classes would you recommend for each uh, haven't thought of that before but but I, I would say it's not really a matter of asset classes but more of the time frame that they are trading for part-time traders naturally they'll lean towards the higher time frame like daily or weekly time frame whereas for those who want more action from the markets they'll probably gear towards uh, the lower time frame 5 minutes 15 minutes time frame you can pretty much trade across uh, different asset classes. Yeah, you know, like for example, stocks, there are traders who trade stocks on a on a short-term basis. There are traders who trade stocks on a longer-term basis. There are Forex traders who trade stocks on a lower time-frame basis and Forex traders who trade it on a higher time-frame basis. So it's not so much so as the asset class that they should be trading, but rather the time-frame that they are trading on. Yeah. I see. Right. Okay. Uh, is it... Um for so so for some of our listeners who might not know anything about investing or trading for that matter why would you say that's a useful skill to pick up and if so why is that yeah i i would say one of the biggest takeaway that investing or trading taught me is the uh 
delayed gratification. I think this is another, this is also a topic that is mentioned by the Rich Dad Poor Dad book, if, if those of you who read it. So it trains you to delay your gratification because if you, because to grow your account, right, to make money, right, you got to slowly compound it over time. And it's going to be tempting to, you know, to pull out money from the funds, to buy the latest gadget, latest toys. But if you can withhold that and let it compound and work in your favor, or think long term, you would have a pretty much comfortable comfortable life later on. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's, that's really one of the key takeaways I had when it comes to investing and trading is to really think long-term and don't just get swayed away by the short-term. So, I mean, kind of like related to, to the question which I was trying to drive at, um, you've got some children now. Would you, what would you hope to teach them, say, from an investing or, or even trading point of view by the time they're, they're in their 20s? Yeah, yeah, everything compounds, not just your monetary returns, your habits compound, right? You no, know, uh, every can of soda you, you drink a day, it compounds and you're going to be probably be overweight in the next few years, right? Yeah. The habits that you do today, however small, one, one half a cigarette, one cigarette is going to compound in years. So everything compounds. So whatever, I think that's a saying, right? That, you know, whatever success that's being achieved is based on all the small habits compounded over time. So that's one of the key things that I think my kids should know that, you know, whatever action that they do today, in the short term, it will not have much effect. But when you compound it in the long term, that's where you see things that happen that you might like or not like. So that's very important. Yeah, I think it's another famous quote, something like the greatest force in the universe is compounding. Yeah, so you want to be compounding the stuff that works in your favor, not against you. Okay. Uh, specifically, anything that you will want them to know about from a, like investing mm-hmm. or trading? I would say learning to to grow and compound their money, right? I mean, the, the skill set of, you know, let's say just making a 10 to 15% a year, right? It may not seem like much, right? But when you add funds to your account regularly over time, you do it for the next 20, 30, 40 years, mm. that could easily snowball to six or seven figures. Yeah. Mm. So mm. I think that skill set of, you know, making 10, 15% a year in the long run, that's that's powerful. But again, you got to have discipline, not just, you know, do it once or twice and then you, you blow everything up later on. Yeah. Mm. Let's, uh, so it's for the last kind of uh, 15 minutes or so of our conversation, I'd love to talk a bit about the business Trading with Rainer. Um, could you explain what you do with Trading with Rainer? Okay, so the business is actually, it started off with me sharing my trading knowledge with, with the world, right? And uh, things slowly caught on, right? Where people demand more knowledge, more premium stuff, and that's where, you know, trading courses come about. And yeah, so that's how it pretty much came about, right? From a, a hobby, from sharing my own thoughts, till you know things just kind of you know get to where it is today when, when, when did you realize that you could build a business around like uh when i first can- launched my so-called mentoring program i think i only offered five seats for like 400 dollars per seat so within like 30 minutes right all five seats were were snapped up and i like man this is crazy someone whom i have no idea just gave me you know 400 dollars for mentoring so I'm like, wow, you know, this this internet business could actually work. So that was a, a really huge uh, moment for me. It wasn't really a lot of money, just like what, $2,000, but yeah, it was a huge moment for so me. So you kind of beta tested it with like... Yeah, I, I have no idea whether it worked or not. I just, just try and see where things go, right? You know, no harm, right? Okay, never try, never know. So that was the big, big... That was huge for me. That was really huge. Okay. I couldn't I couldn't sleep that night at all, even though it's only two thousand dollars. But yeah, I it just proof it just made you realize that wow, actually there might be something here. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. It's just like you know, open your mind to the possibilities out there. So I think before that, my mind was still a bit closed. Like you know, is this really possible? But when it really happens, right, your mind is just 
open up to the world of possibilities. So what, what do you what do you do next? I mean, you said I open up your mind to the world of possibilities. Oh yeah, so of course I I conducted the mentoring that I I promised right. Then after which I I started you know conducting it uh, more regularly. Right, maybe once every three months, once every six months. I think back then it was once every six months I think yeah so again right and see what's the response like so I thought maybe first time I was just lucky hey second time you know people still sign up so I'm like okay seems like we're on to something and that's where I try to you know uh, upgrade my materials and uh, improve the quality of the education yeah. but at this point in time you give so much great content and I actually have to say that I I personally um, kind of only had a very basic understanding of candlesticks until I, I say watch your video uh, which is probably your most popular video on, on YouTube um, you give a lot of great content out for free on the internet um, where did that kind of like idea or thought process come from okay that's a good question so I to be honest I, I didn't have that mindset at all right it's until that back then at my prop trading desk I was reading this guy's blog uh, it was by accident actually this guy name is called Neil Patel so I someone posted a link yeah okay. a link on Facebook then he was saying something like uh, something about I think the Ferrari car caught my attention but I can't remember what the article is about so basically I started reading his blog and I realized that this guy is a bit very different right he starts sharing stuff that is so actionable so useful to the audience and he doesn't really ask for money in return right and I noticed his blog has insane number of comments like 100 200 comments and I find hey this guy is doing something that is really admirable, right? He's, he gives without asking anything in return. So I, I thought that this is something that I want to be like. I want to emulate his behavior. So that's where when I went all in to share my stuff as well, right? To to try to have, you know do good and hopefully you know pass around the good and hopefully people get influenced by it and and see where that leads to. So yeah, that's how I pretty much got my influence. I would say. Wow. So it's actually you, you kind of stumble into it by copying somebody's because there's in the tech world there's that or, or in Silicon Valley circles or stuff or the blogging circles really that there, there is this um, idea that's making the rounds about how you should just be generous with your content and um, just be generous to the people around you. Uh, and, and and I'm not sure if you heard of people like Seth Godin or Gary Vaynerchuk or people like that. Yes, I've, I've heard of them. Yeah, but yeah, they are great proponents of being generous and producing a lot of content and like serving your audience. And, and so when you have, so it's almost like back to front, like you don't say put your courses or your mentorship behind a paywall necessarily, but because all your, all your best stuff is out there, people have to kind of prove that, you know, Rainer's legit, right? I'm going to go with him. Like, so, so much so that if you were to have a product or write a book or something, they would know that you are known for producing legit stuff and they will buy your stuff. Yes, yes. I, I would say that's a, one of the human behavior. I think the reciprocity, right? Where you want to pay back to someone who has you know given you so much value. So I guess kind of like ingrained in all of us. Yeah. So that was the philosophy that I was exposed to back then in prop trading. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I, I adopted that approach. No regrets. Yeah. Yeah. How often do you post videos now? Uh, recently, I started this thing called Trading with Rainer Show. It's just a really short podcast, like five, six minutes, right? So that's twice per week. And I try to have one regular training video a week as well. So it's about three videos a week. Mm. Yeah. So that's uh, that's my schedule right now. And how do, how, do, how do you kind of build up? What does your pipeline look like? Do you always have ideas of what you want to talk next? Talk yeah, I next? try to... Yeah, actually, I spend quite a bit of time generating ideas because, uh, I mean after doing you know so many videos you tend to you know find lesser topics to talk about so i try to you know keep track of what other people in the industry are talking about what resonates with the audience and i see if i can put my own angle or spin to it and and see how those can generate new ideas for me yeah that's what i do what does your typical day look like now 
Uh, right now in the morning, every morning I wake up, I'll run the uh, scan for my trading, right? Basically, it tells me whether to buy, hold or sell, right? And I can just glance through the charts, make sure nothing is caught off my gut. That usually takes like 20 minutes for the first part of the day, yeah. So once that is done, I Your go, own position, you mean? Your own positions, is that? My own trading, yeah. My yeah. own trading position, right. that's right. Yeah, so that's about, I think, 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day. Then later in the evening, right, I'll run the scan again for the US markets, right, to get data for the US markets. That takes like another 20 minutes or so. So in, in a way, I would say my trading on a given day is like an hour or less since I'm largely higher time frame trading. Yeah, but many people think, wow, I also want to trade you know, less than an hour a day, but they, you have to understand that there's a lot of research and time went into the development of the strategies that lead to the one hour a day. I know, so, I know of some traders who trade five minutes a day, but then they say that, you know, the R&D that they took to get to the five minutes a day, it's months and months of their their effort. So that's the, 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 the real picture that I want to paint out to you, right? Not just the one hour a day, but rather there's a lot of effort that went into the process and development of those strategies okay, that lead can, to can I dig into that a bit more yeah. firstly what do you mean by like run run the scan is it a computer program that you use okay so 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 I, I run my own systematic trading systems right so what that does is that as mentioned earlier right systematic trading it's uh there's no there's no guesswork so there's that's a certain part of my portfolio is for systematic trading. So what I do is that each day, because I trade the US markets, I need the data from the US markets or US close like 5 or 6 a.m. Singapore time. So the first batch of running of the scans, I'll do it at, for now is 9.40 a.m. every day, right? To scan and get the data for the futures market, mm-hmm. right? So once I have all this latest data, I need to input all this data into a software to run the system, the trading system. So once I've updated the data, I can now open the software and tell it say, tell the software say, these are the latest data. Run the system right now and tell me what should I be doing. Should I be buying, selling, or holding my core positions? Mm-hmm. So that's what the software will tell me. If it says uh, do nothing today, then I do nothing. If it says buy this X Y Z product, I'll go and buy this X Y Z product. If it says sell, let's say Apple stock, then I'll go and sell Apple stock. So in a way, I'm just following what the system tells me, what the software tells me, which is basically the system that I've programmed yeah, the software them. to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I do. That's what I mean by, you know, running the data. I see. Yeah. And how do you come up with that? You said months and months of research. How does one say, come up with that and then test it and then decide that, okay, it's good to go. And I can now like follow this. Uh, okay. So as mentioned earlier, right. Uh, academic research papers, right. Reading books that people have actually shared systems with. Those are the two best ways to get new ideas and insights. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the path I took, right. To get so-called the, the, uh, the, the raw template, you want to call it, right? the raw template, the raw idea. So from then on, I need to make tweaks right, to, to suit my needs, right? Maybe, you know, like uh, riding a longer term trend, maybe riding a shorter term trend, depending on my needs, right? And of course, I need to verify whether the rules work or not. So I need to work, for me, I don't have any programming knowledge. So I work with a programmer and I tell him, say, hey, uh, these are the set of rules I want to test. Test it for me, right? And let me know what are the results. So when I see the results, some might be up to my expectations, some are not, then I need to find ways to tweak it for it to be up to my expectations. Yeah. At the same time, you don't want to over tweak it to a point whereby it's fantasy results and not a representations of representation of what reality would be. Okay, and that and that comes with experience, knowing when it's uh, fantasy or, or yeah, in a way, if it's too good to be true, probably it's it's too good to be true. So you want to be careful about that. And my programmer is quite uh, experienced as well. He's a he's a quant trader, so he pretty much know when we are pushing the boundary too much and we should you know dull things back a bit. I see. Yeah. And how do you know when when your trading strategy is good to go to deploy? 
you know. Okay, so so there's this term in training where we call curve fitting, right? Where you use the past data and and find a, a certain set of rules, right? That would yield very good results, but only on the past data, right? So in order to prevent that, right, you want your rules to be actually relatively simple. Like for example, earlier I mentioned to you, like you know, mean reversion trading. I think you can get the idea, right? You're just simply buying the dips in the uptrend. So one of my systems is actually mean reversion trading. I'm just looking to buy dips, right? When the, when the stock makes a dip, right? I'm looking to buy the dip, right? And sell it, right? On the next wave up higher. So usually when I develop systems, there has to be a logic behind it. So yeah, that's how I, I go approach. That's how I approach it. And I also make sure that there's not too many rules out there to make the system overly optimized. So there's actually quite a few rules, maybe just three or four filters and that's about it. All right. Okay. And then when you deploy it, do you, do you have a, a period of time when you test it? And then as you say your hundred days, your, your, sorry, a hundred trades. Yeah. When you, when you, uh, backtest it systematically, right? You can backtest thousands of trades within a minutes or even seconds. So yeah. But of course you, you still want to be careful trading it live. So my suggestion, you know, trade it live with a small account, right? And see whether the results, right? Are similar to your backtest results. If it's, you know, largely in line, maybe with just a, you know, 10% deviation, then hey, you know, you can still be confident of trading it. Yeah. So that's usually, that's what I did. And how would you know when it's done? Like it's past a sell by date and like the markets have, or, or, are these rules do they like do they ever expire uh, as of right now it has not expired for me so I'm still just trading the same rules that I've developed yeah okay love. and also if you go with trading systems that have uh, that is based on human emotions that is uh, timeless like I mentioned right? value investing momentum and mean reversion you can have confidence right that it will continue for, for years to come may, may not make money every month or every year but if you look at the grand scheme of things right the next 10 or 20 years I believe value investing will still be around I believe uh, momentum in the markets will still be around and it's it's because of human emotions human emotions doesn't really go away right we are not going to be emotionless 10 years later mm. so I find that these trading strategies have merit in the long term um, and is this what you offer in your in the professional trader's edge uh, pro trader's edge I actually share my own research in the markets things I look at right and help traders to actually you know use those information for their own trading if they wish to I basically share my research in the markets what works and what don't work for me also I share a, a weekly insights about the market where I think you know certain markets are hitting what are some of the key levels I'm looking at etc I yeah. see I see great um Thanks so much. I'd love to end off by talking a bit about resources, if you sure. don't mind. What would you say, I know we've talked about so many books already um, and so many, so many resources that I'm sure we'll all put into the show notes. Uh, but what would you say are your key highlights in terms of in terms of books or papers that you found most helpful to you? Okay, for, for trading, is it it? Yes. Oh, actually, in fact, in general, for life in general, let's let's broaden. Okay, yeah. Uh, there's one book that I I just can't recommend enough. It's the How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale, Dale Carnegie. Carnegie. Yeah, that's a book. It's, it's a must read. I mean, it's it's all about uh getting along well with others, and it's timeless principles that that even I use to to this day. So it's it's a great book. That's definitely one. Mm. Uh, if you want about trading, I would say uh the books that we mentioned earlier. Uh, those are more towards systems trading but at least for those of you who want to trade the markets you know you have relevant resource that you can refer to you know uh, following the trend uh, unholy grails yeah those are a few trading books to consider for systems trading and for resources what else uh, any life changing book oh it doesn't have to be books it could be like audio video anything oh uh, okay uh, well uh, video audio uh, I would say you 
can yeah the market wizards book are, are pretty they are good books to start with because it exposes you to different successful traders out there and how they trade the markets those are a good uh, books to to read as well uh, if you want to learn more about trading the more technical side of trading i think there's this podcast there is this podcast called chat with traders yeah the host speaks with uh different traders out there right so again gives you a good idea to you know what are the different types of traders and trading styles out there yeah those are more trading related stuff all right and um let's what's your tech stack like what kind of say i uh, would you what, what kind of programs would you recommend to people who don't have much clue about you know programs out there it's for productivity or oh no not not really for productivity for trading i should have specified okay yes. okay so yeah so for charts right uh tradingview.com it offers free charts it's a freemium uh, uh cloud cas right it's a software mm. uh basically give you charts of stocks forex almost a lot of markets out there yeah so if you want something catered to just forex you can look at uh, metatrader 4 it's a free platform for forex traders uh for for what else for news right if you want to look at i think uh, cnbcinvesting.com they have a lot of uh, news related stuff in mm-hmm. the financial markets and uh, i think that's pretty much enough to get started with right charts news yeah okay last question Raina. um any pieces of advice to yourself or to any other people who are uh, to maybe yourself like say 10 years ago or any other people who uh, want to follow in your footsteps and I'm, I'm going to give you two categories yeah one category of people who want to trade doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be full-time it could be part-time as well what advice do you give to them and the other category of people who want to like do the business so because you've also successfully built a business around okay. trading with Rainer. okay let's talk about the business one first because I gave that advice very recently to, to one guy that I uh, was at an event so so when it comes to business I guess the advice that I would give you know, back when I was 20 years old is to really focus on serving the audience right giving value and, and just trust right that that your so-called compensation will be taken care of right some, some one way or another right so a lot of people get into business just to make money just to you know quit their job make six figures whatever right but that's the, the wrong mindset right your mindset should be focused on serving others right giving value right uh, don't be afraid of you know sharing too much the more you share right one way or another the world the universe right has a way of you know repaying you back many folks right i i have lived it i've experienced it and i know that to be very true so focus on delivering focus on serving don't worry about money it will take care of itself for the trading part, right? Uh, for those of you who want to get started in trading, again, be like a sponge, right? Absorb as much as you can, right? Uh, there's no shortcuts. You know, treat it like a, a professional, someone who wants to be a professional, you know, golfer, someone who wants to be a prof- professional F1 driver. It takes years of experience, right? So my suggestion is to absorb everything you can about trading, right? Uh, after a while, you realize that 90% of the stuff doesn't relate to you. You can discard it and just focus on the 10% that, you know, would probably, you know, be used by you for the rest of your own trading career so yeah learn everything discover everything and then just focus that's my advice to you and that's pretty much the approach i went with as well <laughs> rena thanks so much for your time um yeah. i really enjoy your youtube videos i've learned so much from them i'm glad you've started a podcast as well and yeah i hope you keep doing what you've you know the solid advice you've given to all of us which is that serving your audience producing all these great content awesome thank you paul for having me Yep, thank you. And I will see you next time. (laughs) I'll talk to you soon. Hey listeners, thank you for joining me for this episode of the Alternative CV Podcast. 
If you found this useful and you've learned something, do consider sharing it with somebody whom you think needs to hear it. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. And of course, you can find show notes and references to everything we've talked about at alternativecb.fm. Also, leave a review, get in touch with me, or ask a question and carry on the conversation. Or suggest any other guests who you'd like to see on this podcast. You can always email me at paul at alternativecv.fm. That's P-A-U-L at alternativecv.fm. Finally, special thanks to Kim Colmeyer and Katia Begg for the help in the production of this podcast. See you next week.